Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Exodus, chapter 20. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. In Exodus 20, God says, if you want to know what I look like, I'm not going to leave it up to your imagination. I will become one of you. Here is my son. God the Father says, here's the son, Jesus, the exact representation and revelation of me. Amen, saints? And I think, listen, get back over to Exodus, if you will. I think, you know, talking about making these uh, gods in, 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 in carving out gods, you know, give me your attention. I think that in the church today, I think we've got it backwards. I really think we've got it backwards. This whole health, wealth, prosperity teaching in the church is largely making God into their image. I think so. Because this whole health, wealth, prosperity, you know, name it, claim it, blab it, grab it, whatever you want. You just tell God because he's the genie in the bottle and you just rub the bottle and he pops out and with a towel over his arm says, at your service, sir. This is the mentality and you get whatever you want from God. That's making God in their image because, listen, it teaches that you need to be like me. God, you need to be like me and desire the things that I desire. And this, my friend, listen, is not Christianity. This is not Christianity. Listen, the heart of Christianity is this. It's not making God in our image. The heart of Christianity, would you listen? The heart of Christianity is looking at Jesus and saying, I want to look more like God through Jesus Christ. That's the heart of Christianity, not making God look like you and give you what you want and do the things that you want. And you make him into your image as if God is so concerned with our happiness, quote unquote, on this earth and our wealth and our health on this earth. Don't misunderstand me, please. God is a healer. Amen, saints. And God blesses his people. He takes care of his people. He's been taking care of Rodney for a long time. But God is under no obligation to provide for your wealth. And God, because he is God, he doesn't have to heal us. And I need to say that boldly. And I realize that that flies in the face of a lot of teaching. He doesn't have to heal us. God chooses to heal us because he is God. But if he doesn't heal you, listen, something's going to take you out of here. Isn't that encouraging words? (laughs) Listen, you're going to die. It's going to happen. 
Somehow, something is going, look, you might, what, you might get hit by a bus, you might get cancer, you might walk out and try to cross the street and the truck just comes by and hits you. Isn't this encouraging and uplifting? Isn't this wonderful? Or you just might go to sleep tonight. You just might go to sleep tonight and not wake up in the morning. A lot of people have. I think we need to get real about that. A lot of people have just gone to sleep and not waking up in the morning. That's why, you know, before you go to sleep, thank the Lord for the day. And when you wake up in the morning, thank the Lord you woke up because some folk didn't. Is that true? Amen. Is that true or not? Y'all look at me like I'm crazy. Is that true or not? Of course it is. So we have to be thankful and we have to let God be God and let God do what God does best. And that is be God. And if God chooses to heal us, if God chooses to bless us with wealth, no matter what state Paul said I find myself in, I am content. Whether I have a lot of money or I have none, or I'm in good health or in poor health, whatever way, I'm going to glorify God regardless. And this way, we're not making God into our image, carving out our own image of God. And so God says, don't have any other gods before me and don't make any gods that look like me because look in your text again. I've been wanting to get here for three weeks. Look at this. Look at verse five. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God. You see that? Now, what does that mean? Does that mean that God is jealous of other gods? Listen, no. God knows other gods are not gods. He knows that better than we do. So he's not like, oh, well, I can't believe you're worshiping another God. I'm jealous. No, that's not God. God knows they're not God. He knows that they can't do anything for you. That's not what it means. This word jealous, if you're taking notes, it actually expresses his love for us. That he wants the very best for us. That God is jealous, listen, in a protective sense. He wants you to be blessed. And God knows that if you prop anything up in your life, it will let you down. Amen, saints? God knows that. God knows that if you prop up your husband, he will let you down. If you prop up your wife... She will let you down. If you prop up your kids, they will definitely let you down. (laughs) Say amen, fellow parents. My peeps. They will let you down. If you prop up people, they will let you down. Listen, this is a shocker. You're not going to believe this. It's going to be hard for you to swallow this. But if you prop up your pastor... He will let you down. I know that's hard to believe. But it's true. It's true. If you prop up anything, God knows. You make it your God. God knows it will let you down. That's why he's jealous. But God also knows that if you prop up Jesus... He will lift you up. He will hold you up and you will be blessed, never disappointed and always satisfied. Isn't that right? Y'all need to say a better amen than that because that's true. That's why he says, don't have any other gods before me. Don't carve out any other gods 
because he knows that those gods will fail you. And then notice again in verse five and six, saints, look at it in your Bibles. Visiting, this is very important, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children of the third and the fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy in verse six to thousands and to those who love me and keep my commandments. Listen, give me your attention. There are those who use this scripture verse to prove to you generational curses. If you've ever heard that phrase before, wave at me, would you? Okay, that's a good number of you. People will use this verse and tell you that if your great-grandmama was into witchcraft or your great-grandmama was an alcoholic or had some other sin issue in her life, that you're also going to struggle with those same issues. That Satan has a stronghold in your life and in your home because of the sins of the past and because there is a curse generationally passed down to your family. They call this as a whole teaching. There are whole groups dedicated to this type of teaching. Saints, I need to be clear. The Bible does not teach that. The Bible is very, very, very clear on this issue. If, in fact, now just reason with me for a second. If, in fact, generational curses were true, meaning whoever did what way, way back, who knows where this stops. But way back in your past, they did this, and all of these things are generationally, generationally passed down to you. If, in fact, generational curses was something that we as Christians need to be concerned about, then we would read about it from the mouth of Jesus, from the mouth of Jesus, Jesus, listen to me close, never talked about generational curses. The prophets in the Old Testament never talked about generational curses. Paul, Peter, James, John, all the epistles never addressed this subject of generational curses. So where then the question comes, where then do people get this idea? Well, listen, they get it from this one text. And they develop whole teachings and whole movements from this one particular text. Nowhere in the Bible does the Bible teach that we are generationally cursed. Now, this word visit, if you're taking notes, is very important because it means to oversee. It means to muster. It means to charge. It means to care for. God is saying, listen to me closely, I love you and care about you. And generation after generation, if your kids rebel and sin, God says, I will visit them. I will continue to knock or visit with them to knock on the doors of their hearts. Generation after generation, I will come and make myself known. To the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me. We have to understand this is very clear. Now, the Bible teaches, stay with me, 
The Bible is very clear that there is nothing new under the sun. Did you know this whole idea of generational be, generationally being cursed? In other words, you know, my mom or my dad didn't throw me the ball and now I'm all messed up. This, you know, this whole idea. This is the kind of stuff I hear people. I'm not making this up. There's nothing new under the sun. Nothing. Israel, listen, said the same thing. They were saying, oh, because of what our parents did, they said, our teeth are set on edge. It's found in Exodus, pardon me, Ezekiel chapter 18. I have that verse. Did I give you that one? Ezekiel. Yes, I did. Ezekiel chapter 18. Look at it. It says, the word of the Lord came to me saying, again saying, what do you mean when you use this proverb concerning the land of Israel saying, this is God talking, the fathers have eaten, our, eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. As I live, says the Lord God, you shall no longer use this proverb in Israel. Behold, all souls are mine. Could you read that with me? Behold, all souls are mine. The soul of the father as well as the soul of the son is mine. The soul who sins shall die. In other words, listen, God says, stop passing the proverbial buck and blaming your parents. God says, stop blaming your parents for your own sin. God says, I don't want to hear another person say, my mom, my dad were this way, and now I'm generationally suffering for their sins. God says, I care about every soul. Every soul is mine and made by me. Every soul is accountable to me, and every soul has access to me. Every soul, that's every individual, is accountable to God for their own sins. Amen, Amen saints? Amen. You understand that? Every soul, not cursed. A sister came up to me a couple of Wednesdays ago, and perhaps she's here now, I'm not certain. But after service, she came up to me in about three Wednesdays ago, and she said, um, Pastor Rodney, what do you think about generational curses? And she just wanted to get my, my opinion about that. And I told her, I said, listen, you can't be cursed. And it was right after service, so, you know, we're just chatting right here. And I said, you can't be cursed and blessed at the same time. She's like a light bulb. Just, I said, you can't be cursed. Listen, God says to us, as believers, that we are in Christ. And being in Christ, when you give your life to Christ, any sins or bondage or any of those kinds of things that, that, that are in your family tree, and we all have stuff in our families. Don't shout me down, but that's still true. Any of that stuff, when you, do you realize when you give your life to Christ, the blood of Jesus Christ breaks every bondage, every yoke, everything that would hold you captive, everything that would hold you back. 
The blood of Jesus breaks that. The Holy Spirit and the power of God in your life breaks those things. And now you're not a part of those curses. You're not a part of that past. Now, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature and all things pass away and behold, all things become what, saints? New. Now, how can you teach all things pass away, all things become new, but I'm still connected to my generational cursed folk? You can't. Not only that, but Jesus said to whom the son makes free is what? Free indeed. Free means free. Nowhere in scripture does it teach that we are generationally cursed. Now, listen. Yes, parents, listen. What you do will impact generations to follow. Every single one of us will leave a legacy. If you are godly, chances are your kids will be godly. If you are fleshy and worldly, then chances are your kids and your grandkids will be fleshy and worldly. We're all going to leave a legacy. The question is, what kind of legacy are you leaving? There is no question about that. If I live my life for Jesus Christ before my kids and my grandkids and they see that I've been loving God and serving God and walking with God all of these many, many years that they have watched, they will likely grow up and do the same thing. But even still, they still have to make a decision whether they want to know Christ for themselves or not. Nobody's getting into heaven because my granddaddy was a preacher. Somebody once said, God don't have no grandkids. We're all sons and daughters. Amen, saints? Look, you got to come on your own. You can't go to heaven because your grandfather was a, a, a Baptist minister. Praise God. I'm happy he was a Baptist minister. And he's in the kingdom probably. But, but you still need to secure your salvation by accepting Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. So we're going to leave a legacy. And if you live your life in the flesh and you live your life with all... Drama, stuff going on and drugs and party and you're in the witchcraft and you're in the occultism and you're in all of these things, then likely your chances are your children will follow that legacy as well. And certainly, you know, they can break that as well by receiving Christ as their Lord and their Savior. We have to understand this. God doesn't even like it when we say, my mama did this and that's why I'm the way I am. Because you know what that does? That excuses our sin. I'm going to talk about it anyway, okay? It excuses our sin. See, we don't like to call sin, sin. We like to say, well, I'm the way I am because of them. How about this? I'm the way I am because of the choices that I'm making. And now I'm going to make another choice and give my life to Jesus and break all that stuff. No generational curses, not for God's people. Now, now look, I'm talking to the people of God. If you're not in Christ, I, I, I don't know what's going on. I mean, I mean, I mean, you got Pastor Rodney, what's happening? I have no idea. I, what's wrong with me? I don't, something, but I don't know what's wrong. So, something is obviously wrong with you, but I don't know. Because I can't speak to that. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a therapist. I believe what the Bible has to say. 
And where there is a topic hot in the church, I'm going to search the scriptures to see if these things are so. Thank you, brother. You see, God says, don't carve out any images, which, by the way, I say this in love. Don't have a lot of time to talk about it, but we do see in the Catholic Church a lot of images that have been carved out. And I think that as lovingly as possible to say this, they've completely, totally ignored this commandment. Don't try to make any images of God. You know, you don't know what God looks like. We can see God through Christ. But in terms of what God looks like, his face and his whatever, listen, the Bible is very clear. John said, God is spirit. And they that worship him must what? Worship him in spirit and in truth. Don't try to carve out an image of God because 10 out of 10, you're going to be wrong. Not in the images. You know, someone Sunday asked, uh, why don't we have crosses in the church? Why don't we have a cross in the church? And I love crosses. We've got one in the back that's, I told you guys, I think it's like a 132-year-old tree that it's made of, and we like to put that out during Easter time and uh, Resurrection uh, Week, and we, um, I love crosses, and I have no um, issues at all. I mean, hey, you know, we, Jesus died on the cross, and uh, we, I love crosses, but uh, I tried to answer that question with this. The reason why we don't have a cross in the sanctuary is largely because we really are not that much in the symbols and, and in the images, if you will. We're more into, look, not the cross and the piece of wood, because I should tell you, there's nothing holy and supernatural about the cross. What, Rodney? No, nothing supernatural, nothing spiritual about the cross. It was wood. There was a thief on the right and a thief on the left hanging on one just like the one Jesus was hanging on. It's not about the cross. It's about the one who hung on the cross. Somebody else say amen. It's about the one who hung on the cross. Not about the cross. We don't worship the cross. We don't worship the cross. We worship the one who was on the cross, and that's Jesus. Because we're not really much in the symbols. And I think that we can be, we need to be careful that we don't get into symbols. We don't need rosaries. We don't need visual, visible representation of anything related to God. We don't need that. What you need is God in your heart. You need the Holy Spirit in your life, not what you can see so you can say, oh, that reminds me of God. Danger, Will Robertson, danger. When you start seeing something and you say, that reminds me of God. Because now you're carving out an image and you need to be very careful. God says, don't do that. 
Don't carve out any images or any representation of me. If you need to know anything about me, God says, you fast forward to the New Testament and you look at Jesus. You want to know what God has to say? Listen to Jesus. Listen to his words. Because in Hebrews chapter 1, it says that God, who at various times in various ways spoke in time past to the prophets by by, to the fathers by the prophets, but has in these last days spoken to us by whom saints? By his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, to whom also he made the worlds, and being the brightness of his glory. And there it is again, the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. God clearly says, I used to talk to the prophets and the fathers, talk through the prophets and the fathers, but now I'm speaking through my son. And if you want to know anything about God, you need to look at Jesus. I think that's what we take away tonight. We look at Jesus, we listen to Jesus, and then most importantly, do what he says. If you love me, he says, then obey my commandments. Keep my commandments. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.